Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It is possible that all peoples of the world could unite just behind the notion that this song needs to be ended, deleted, thrown into a burn barrel somewhere. Man, the hatred of this song. It's a beautiful song. What is wrong? What is wrong with you, heartless people? But yes, there's a lot of hatred for that song. And um, I don't care. I'm fighting back, man. I like it. I think it's pretty. I think it reminds me a little bit of uh, Mork and Mindy, the song from Mork and Mindy, which is bittersweet itself. I like bittersweet songs. You find those in both the American and British versions of The Office. And uh, I dig them. You can't take that away from me. That guy who sings this song, that uh, the man to blame it on, don't ruin his life, his name is Derek Clegg, FYI. Okay. So we got a lot to talk about t- today. We will go. We will touch on uh, the Trump rally over the weekend and the mean TikTokers, and um, we'll spend a lot of time talking about the latest in Chaz. There's, um, it is an action-packed, <laughs> it's an action-packed area at the moment, and it's, it's. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the fire festival was a letdown because. None of the housing was as good as it was supposed to be, and um, the food was lacking if there was any food, and just really none of the infrastructure was there. Chaz is having some growing pains of its own. Sorry, uh, Chop is having some growing pains of its own, and we'll get to that in a bit. First, I'm going to start with Caleb Tucker. Caleb Tucker is a recent graduate, just graduated this year from VMI, the Virginia Military Institute, and... He is somebody who is has a petition going to remove a statue there of Stonewall General Stonewall Jackson. Caleb's uh, reasoning, you'll hear his reasoning for it, but the reason why this jumped out to me really was um, that a couple of friends of mine who live up here go to VMI, and I guess I'm going to explain this in a moment, you'll see. But anyway, this guy, I, I was impressed with this guy. He's a young man, he... Um, he wants to get rid of the statue. You'll hear his reasons why. In his case, I've got to say it's a little... I'm generally... I'm generally... I don't like this idea of, you know, these mobs saying to get rid of these statues, this statue, that statue. Now they're pulling down statues of Teddy Roosevelt. Well, I guess that's not a mob thing. But, you know, they've Stevie Ray Vaughan, they got to, and other folks. And I don't... Anything like that that's done by... by angry mobs, I condemn. I do not like that. I do not like... I don't know. Okay, Tom. Here we go. Municipalities uh, being bullied into getting rid of statues, etc. I believe that if it's done in an orderly fashion, the community or whatever institution it is wants to have a conversation about why something should stay or go, then 
that's fine. That's how democracy works. Then let's do it. And that's why one of the reasons that uh, Caleb Tucker just jumped out at me is uh, he's got his thoughts and expresses them very clearly as to why he wants this statue gone. And the most impressive thing was that when I told him I wanted to talk about this stuff, he immediately said yes. He's willing to have a conversation to discuss it. I, I think probably... Uh, he could, I don't know if he Googled my name beforehand or whatever. You would see that I was more of a conservative if you did. And doesn't matter. The guy was a very straightforward, uh, intelligent uh, man. And, um, and it's difficult for me in this case to uh, disagree with him. You just do that for yourself. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. If you're generally a, a, stash, uh, a statue uh, coming down critic... And um, just ask yourself, this is a guy who's, I guess he's about 22 now, he's a black guy, and um, and you, you certainly you have to factor ex- experiences into things like this, and, um, and Caleb is, he, he, I think he puts it all out there very well, I, I, uh, if there was a question that you think I missed, you can let me know what it was, but uh, I think I asked the right questions, I enjoyed talking to him. We need more more people like uh, Caleb Tucker, and if that's what's happening with the, the Zoomers or whatever they are, or people that young, or maybe it's that he's a VMI guy, or I mean, he's just a, he's just an impressive guy. We need uh, these pe- people like this guy who are willing to enter into a conversation with anybody. Uh, that that is a laudable thing. That is a very good thing. I enjoyed talking to him. His name is Caleb Tucker. I think I talk about, I, I give you his uh, his uh, Twitter handle in just a moment. Okay, here we go. Caleb Tucker. Okay, before we bring on uh, our guest here, I want to let you know why uh, we've I've uh, reached out to him. and He's nice enough to, to uh, agree to come on. I have two friends of mine up here in Boston, Massachusetts, who are graduates of the Virginia Military Institute. Uh, <clears throat> very prestigious um, military institute um, it, who will uh, tell you any day that they're far superior to the Citadel. I know that my friends uh, make sure <laughs> they're very passionate about uh, making sure that that's reinforced in my mind. But um, so both of these guys, uh, with all this that's been happening with uh, the the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and since the de- death of George Floyd, etc., both of these guys... Um, We've been texting together, and we've been talking. One of the guys is, was in law enforcement up here in Massachusetts, and one of the guys is a native Virginian, and he was always kind of a kind of a good old boy, uh, kind of southerner, you know, NASCAR. He was, you know, he wasn't disparaging of anybody, et cetera, but he was definitely a big conservative kind of guy. And these uh, two guys, I when I to- broached them with the topic that there was a um, – petition going around for VMI uh, grads, alumni, to uh, get rid of the statue of Stonewall Jackson, who taught at the um, at VMI and then, of course, went on to the, the Civil War, where he, uh, he was very successful until he wasn't. Um, so there was, uh, that there was this petition, uh, and I was shocked that both of these guys, generally conservative guys, w- were for getting rid of the statue. They thought it was about time to do it. And I just didn't see it, didn't see it coming from from either of these guys, but the man in charge of the petition, the man who's started this, is named Caleb Tucker. He is a VMI grad who just graduated, uh, already has a good gig. It sounds like in the, in the uh, private sector. And uh, Caleb, thanks for, so much for joining. Um, pleasure's mine. Glad to be here. Love to talk. So, man, you are making waves down there, and. Uh, <laughs> Into so what was, at what point did you decide? Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of this uh, movement and start this petition. Um, the moment I decided to start the petition was when um the superintendent of the school sent out an email addressing the issues of um, racial injustice in the United States, and pretty much as a person who went to VMI and saw a lot of what happened, um, you know, did the salute, saluted Stonewall Jackson, reenacted the Battle of Newmarket. I just felt like um, his address to the issue 
of racial injustice wasn't in. So I decided to start a petition to for VMI to acknowledge that um, racism is practiced within the walls of the Institute, just to acknowledge that and to tear down the statue. So uh, so tell people, what is this thing about saluting Stonewall Jackson? That's a thing for is that just for first year? I guess they're called rats, the first year guys, or is that for yes. everybody? Um, freshmen are called rats, as you just said. Um, and as a rat, you come, you're only allowed to walk in certain places. And there's, when you're leaving your dorm, they call it barracks, but when you're leaving your dorm, you have to walk in a certain, um, hallway to get outside. And, um, it was mandatory when I was a freshman to salute, um, Stonewall Jackson as you leave your dorms. Um, now that rule was reformed recently, but it's still enforced. It's it's more like salute Stonewall Jackson. But if you're not going to salute Stonewall Jackson, just salute the flag. But when I was a freshman, it was you're only saluting Stonewall Jackson. So did it bother you then when you were a freshman to have to do it? Did you have the yeah. con- the racial context there, or was it just how did? I mean, I think I can imagine how it bothered you. But tell tell our listeners. Um, it. 100% bothered me, you know, as an African-American, um, Stonewall Jackson fought for the Confederacy. So um, with that being said, if he was successful and won, it could very well be possible that I could still be a slave, you know, mm. and saluting a person who fought for that isn't really something that I want to do. <laughs> and um, but a lot of people spoke up about it within the school and, you know, as far as I could tell, I had a few of my teammates and me personally got in trouble for it. So really? um, I guess you conform to the ways you just find your ways to not think about it when you're still in Stonewall Jackson and move on with your day. How'd you get in trouble? <clears throat> um, As a rat, as you, as I'm sure people know about BMI, there's a lot of rules and stuff. Um, But if you were caught not saluting Stonewall Jackson, you would basically, um, for one, get screamed at. And then Two, you could um, get oh, like a workout, not just like a normal workout. It's right. like a hazing, yelling, screaming. Yeah. yeah, it's like a hazing, basically. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you choose to not conform to that, then you can get in administrative trouble with the actual administrators of the school. So, you know, the, the guy, one of the guys I know who who went to VMI, probably graduated in the mid, mid-90s, uh, he said that when he was a rat – it, that they were brutal to him. This is a white guy, by the way. It, it, that they were brutal to him, and the room inspections were terrible, and that it was just hellacious. Um, is do you think that there's just a that they're just trying to break down everybody into nothing and then rebuild them there, regardless of race there, and that's just part of the culture of EMI? Or do you think this is um, kind of a specialized thing where? where the 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 black um guys are treated differently um i think the um the big picture of vmi you know every every institution every company is going to have a goal and they say their goal is to break you down and build you back up into a leader but i think a hidden agenda of that whether it may be conscious or unconscious is attrition when it comes to a black american at the school um it's it's not if you're black and you go to BMI, you do not experience the same cadetship as someone who is white, mm. and it's just a fact. So, you know, there were some, there are some people who would say, <clears throat> "Well, hey, it's Virginia Military Institute. Stonewall Jackson, uh, you know, was there. It's the place has got to be, you know, riddled with uh, just all sorts of connections to the Confederacy." Anyway, who would say, "Well, then maybe Caleb Tucker shouldn't go there if he's got a problem with that stuff." What would you say? Um, I would say that, um, you know, Hitler and World War II is taught about in in um, Germany still to this day. But um, do you see a statue of Hitler in Germany to this day? Do you see people still doing the Nazi salute in Germany to this day? You, and the answer to that is no. Hmm. So why should I, as a black American who um, has constitutional rights to be in this company, I mean, in this country, mm-hmm. have to choose not to go to a school that um, fights for the Constitution because of the racist traditions? Hmm. It's interesting, Caleb. So, so I, you know, I come to this whole thing and the situation in Vietnam. I'm, I'm of two minds. I'm, like, I'm like just try to be factual and analytical on one hand and. 
And I originally thought, oh, well, okay, VMI is kind of like is is if you have a university for you know to for an auto industry university and you try to leave out uh, Henry Ford, and so like how could you possibly do that? But I understand you you address that with talking about the statues. Now then, there's part of me that's emotional, and it's the same thing nationally. When I look at the the black rights, I'm sorry, Black Lives Matter uh, stuff, you know, and actually the the thing that really pushed it for me was watching Chappelle, <laughs> just how uh, mm-hmm. maybe you saw that, just uh, like how uh, like gutturally passionate he was, is that like emotionally, mm-hmm. it's different than you know. Obviously, there are there are reasons in for for black incursions into and for police incursions into black neighborhoods and there are all sorts of uh things that happen and and there are there's a higher percentage of of unarmed blacks shot and killed but there are more white shot whatever there are there's all sorts of statistics but on the other side it, it, the emotionally i separate it and and i think about this like with the statues I, i'm not even sure where i am on the statues but i can tell you if i if i was made to salute a statue that had uh, treated my grandfather as cattle or uh, less than a person, and I was made to subjugate myself in front of that statue, I would say, fuck that. I mean, I think any American, anybody, any human being would say, no, 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 no. You're not, not that. So, so like, like I'm with you in the spirit of the, the thing, and I, I can't imagine, <clears throat> I can't imagine having to do that uh, so like where are you in the other statues like the lee statue in richmond i assume you're you're you want to toss that too um yeah um i think that all of those statues um are up because of history yeah. but history can be taught did it can be taught in textbooks and stuff mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to live it every day it doesn't mean that it's um it's there's a difference between being taught something and then um, something being monumented and hmm. not worship, but as a monument, it's, it's standing as this is what we stand for. And that is not what the United States stands for. So that, I don't understand why it's a monument. So, um, so I'm very impressed by the way that you're doing, uh, that you're doing this stuff and that it's happening organically, that you're having the conversation and that you're willing to talk to people, um, which I think is is fantastic because I don't even know where you are politically, but I have certainly been listening to more people and talking to more people than I ever have, and I think that's one a great byproduct of what's going on here. I do worry about like these cancellation uh, pushes, cancel culture, etc. We have a guy up in Boston here who um, who's a, a good guy, ran a business for for years, uh, and. And he's essentially been canceled, a businessman, because he was criticizing looters um, since the beginning and made a difference between protesters and looters. But um, it, I think that the cancel stuff is dangerous. Do you notice that stuff? Do you think it's a good idea to, to kind of snuff out voices like that? Or uh, or what's your take on this the canceling going on? I it, um, My honest opinion is that I think that as someone who has not um experienced being um these racial injustices Mm -hmm. um i don't think someone who hasn't experienced those racial injustices can holistically say what is right and wrong i think that you can disagree with something Mm -hmm. that is being done but i don't think you can point a finger and say this is wrong and i also don't think you can ignore the underlying messages which is the racial injustice you know um you look at Martin Luther King um, after he died, it was a six day riot and it was a brutal riot. Yeah. And then um, laws were passed after that. So no, no one knows the solution and not every looter that is looting is looting for the same reason that the people are marching for, you know, Oh, I there's think totally. I, would, agenda. I think, I think Caleb that you're, you're right. I think the looters, there's a lot of white middle-class looters who are just Right. being morons and, and then that's and i it totally and that is a that is a problem i think in this in the wendy's in atlanta it was two white girls who were lighting the fire in in the it, a couple of days ago too so so uh i just i i, I do worry that, that like I, I i haven't met a person i don't know if you have who who doesn't think that george floyd was murdered because 
I don't how you see how you put it any other way. The guy had was begging for his life for minute upon minute upon minute. At any point, those cops could have relented and just let that guy breathe for a second. At any point, they could have saved him. There was two minutes left. There was one minute left, and they essentially put him into that ambulance dead. And that's disgusting. And I can't imagine. And 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 uh, and I think we're all together on that. I think that is very good that we are. But I ju- I just do worry. By the way, I know we came here to talk about the statue, but I just I'm I just want to talk to somebody who's experienced, you know, a life that we're all yeah. a life that we're all talking about. It's, um, I, I I do think that it it's a risk if if we did keep up this canceling stuff for people who are criticizing stuff outside of the main message, you know, Antifa, for instance, which are essentially a bunch of white middle class kids going and play acting, you know, uh, for for a weekend and. In ten years, they'll get jobs that they're as partners in their dad's law firms anyway, and they'll never have to. They'll, they can talk right. about how they were in the civil rights crusade, and it's just crap. Right. Um, so uh, let me get back to uh, what you're doing at BMI with the Stonewall Jackson uh, Monument. Uh, how is it going? I mean, you've got over a thousand signatures, which is huge. Are these all alumni? Um, no, there's um, there's parents, um, just people that are concerned mm-hmm. and citizens of the United States, you know. Yeah. So, what if what is? Tell me this. Um, since actually you're better educated, you're making more money than me. I assume you're going to have a better life. You're young, a handsome man. You've got the whole world ahead of you. What is it that people who look like me, who are uh, you know, I guess middle class, uh, you know, white guys who want? I don't want there to be fifty shootings in Chicago every weekend. Um, I, I don't want there to be a, I don't want there to be this division between uh, whites and blacks in this country. I do think that the condition in big cities for uh, black Americans uh, obviously is not ideal, and I think uh, white Americans have either maliciously or benevolently, benevolently, you know, have made it worse. Obviously, even since Jim Crow has ended, uh, what is it that that what would you be, be be your main message to um to folks to I guess white America? Um, well, my main message to white America or um would basically be the same thing as VMI. I want um America as well as VMI to acknowledge that um racism is is a thing in America. You know, a lot of people just don't even realize it. And to those who don't realize that, I wanna I wanna ask you a serious question. Um, would you like to be treated as a black American? If the answer to that is no, then there is a problem. And with that being said, if the answer to that is yes, then where is the white civil rights movement? There is a one. And so my message to them would be to acknowledge that there is a problem and just listen and and speak up. You know, you, you just got to speak up. There's so many people in places that are scared to lose their um, scared to lose their money, their jobs. I mean, it, it's dangerous. People are scared to lose their life because of this issue. And I think there is going to take some brave souls, some brave black and uh, black and white Americans in higher places to speak up and um, and really push the government to pass these laws that will I, I don't have the solution but to to just strive towards it you know choose a side because at this point there is either you you want but you care about black lives or you don't there's no like middle middle ground in this there's no i'm not racist but i don't support what you're doing okay well that's silence that's that's the language of the oppressor so i would say no more silence really get out there and just do what's right, and that is fight for black rights. And if you don't choose to fight, you should still support 100%. Right. Hey, before we let you go, Caleb, and we're speaking to Caleb Tucker. He's a recent grad of VMI, the Virginia Military Institute. He has run a petition to um, to have this the school get rid of the Stonewall John Jackson um, statue. Um, what are some of the other things that, that you found in VMI that were at, like day to day racist, not not systemic stuff? I mean, were there were literally people like bigots around you? Oh yes, one hundred percent. Um, I could just give a few examples before I get off. Um, yeah. um, for instance, um, a kid literally, uh, and I quote, um, 
a kid of black, a group of black recruits were coming to play football. So there was other black um, football players um, escorting these kids. And a person at VMI walked by and said, what's with all that nigger shit? And I quote, that person, that person got recorded admitting that he said that. And, and he got, um, it got pushed up to the administrative and it got swept under the rug. That kid did not get a single punishment an actual punishment for what he did zero punishment that's just one thing i've um i myself have been targeted by a single faculty member and said and, and reported to that it was that i was being targeted and that he was literally lying on me and you know swept right under the rug uh, yeah i understand you caleb tucker um we'll see what we can do nothing there's no were were there kids there, white kids who would stick up for the black recruits who were being bullied? 100 percent, one hundred percent. The school is a great place. There's a lot of great people, but just like there is in America, there is racist people, and at VMI, it is swept under the rug and not acknowledged. They avoid it at all costs. Hmm. Hey, what percentage of Americans do you think are racist? I have absolutely no idea because you know there's people that are racist that don't even know they're racist. Right, but so, I mean, they have hate I in their no hearts, idea. racist. Excuse me. I, I, you know, I, I get that. I, I, actually, you know what I think is 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 racist is and is in up here in the Massachusetts are very progressive liberal white people who mm-hmm. called the one black person they know to check on them after the George Floyd thing because, you know, in their groups of white people, they decided that this is what you're supposed to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then we yeah. had people in middle class, people doing the – these are white people doing the, the – taking the knee and doing the black power thing. And I'm thinking, I don't know if that's what the black community wants from you right now. They, I think they just want you to support the cause rather than like do the stylish fun stuff so you can put it on Facebook for the weekend and then never mm-hmm. talk about black issues again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, um, yeah. I, I totally understand what you say. Um, like I said, man, those, those true supporters, it's going to take those true supporters that truly yeah. care about all lives, including black lives, because that is the issue at hand to really push through there's a lot of people who are you know faking the funk or um aren't racist but don't really want to um push the movement and that's okay but the people that are willing and more people and if you're not willing uh, we encourage you to be willing you know there's people that aren't racist and really care that aren't really willing those are the people that um are being encouraged at these times you know i I don't and i don't blame you for not being willing in today's society it's just i really encourage people to speak up because that's how change is going to come well caleb tucker how do people follow you on twitter um um caleb underscore el underscore uno caleb l uno and can they get to the petition that way i know it's on change.org they can they can probably yes, it's my first tweet it's my first tweet pinned to my account oh good all right. Hey, Caleb, I think one of the things that needs to be happening is um, that people like you and I need to talk more. I don't talk to any young people. I don't talk to, to, to nearly uh, um, any uh, black people. I, I mean, here and there, obviously, but in my day-to-day, I'm up in the boonies where there's no humans at all, so I don't talk to any white people anyway. But anyway, but I think people need to talk to each other. You're a very thoughtful, intelligent guy. I, um, I envy what you're doing at such a young age already with this, uh, you know, activism is important. And uh, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. All right, Caleb. Take it easy, man. You too. Be safe. Apologize for the swear in there. I usually um, try not to swear. But that was Caleb Tucker. And um, I liked him. I liked uh, talking to him. I got something out of the conversation. I thought it was enriching. He's a good man. And uh, I hope the best of luck for the guy. Interesting, uh, interesting guy. And just imagine being 22 years old. And, and he's got a full-time gig, too. He's got a real job somewhere. Being 22 years old and actually doing the work to try to make a change and doing it the right way and communicating with uh, folks. And uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. So I got uh, I did not cut my own swear out. I'm going to try to just, whatever I say, just kind of leave it out there. And so, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, but I did have to cut a lot of swears out of some other audio that we're about to listen to because it was... It's getting tough in the Chaz, in the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which is now the uh, Capitol Hill-occupied property. 
It's gone from Chaz to Chop. I think that's a nod to the French Revolution, which to a lot of the kids in there, the, the uh, critical theory uh, majors, you know, middle-class white kids probably all think the French Revolution was a wonderful thing. It was not so great. <clears throat> so so anyway, it, we knew that this would happen. You cannot have a bunch of uh, disparate progressives <laughs> freezing in time a six-block piece of property that is not their own and then half LARPing and half trying to impose order onto a civilization that's based on no real moral compass, of course. There's, other than the fact that it is not racist and it is not the established um, immoral world of their uh, of their parents and going back until, oh, 16, 19 or so. But things aren't going well in uh, Chaz. And, and one of the things that's happened is, <laughs> is and this is what makes it kind of fun, is that you've got now, like we said, like these critical theory, uh, critical race theory majors, white middle class people, who now are acting as state security in Chaz and CHOP, uh, making sure that folks of the wrong color don't enter segregated areas. So there's a big, at least one huge segregated area in shop, and uh, only black people are allowed in there. Now, that's a nice piece of outreach to uh, black people, I guess, but I think segregation has generally be, been considered to be a bad thing. I think so. But then again, this is year one now. We're, we've started everything over, and the Enlightened crew, these are the people who took humanities in high school and, uh, and you know, would hold their well-thumbed uh, books by Dostoevsky uh, and leave them at your house so you would know that they're, they're reading it. So anyway, here we go. This guy uh, films himself. He tries to uh, enter the segregated area of, uh, of CHOP only to have these humanities students uh, stop him. How long's the uh, blackout going for? Well, it's called the blackout. That's that means it's only uh, for uh, the black people. It's called a blackout. You're going to need to know these terms in case a uh, a chop opens up in a neighborhood near you. So this one's like the young lady, the humanities uh, person, is lasting till eight a.m. eight p.m. Okay, so I have to wait till eight, basically. Uh, what? You're welcome to like hang out in the perimeter. Area. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm half Italian, half Colombian. He's welcome to hang out in the perimeter. So in other words, he's welcome to not hang out in that other area. No. In this new caste system that's happening in this area of uh, of Seattle, uh, he does not rate. And so do I get a pass to get in there? or? Well, this space is right now held for just black folks. Oh, just black. Okay. Yeah. So full black, you're saying? Um, if you have black ancestry or if you um, if you have experienced oppression because you're black, then you can enter this space. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that was his chance right there, but apparently it's the honor system, you know, so he probably could have gotten in, but then again, he's uh, he's illustrating a point. So the, the price of admission is a, a the color of your skin, and um, or if you can prove that somewhere along the line somebody was mistreated because of the color of their skin in your lineage. So there you go. Segregation brought back to us, back, back. and uh, you should, the, the video's nice because... The video's great because the, the security personnel, which are these uh, upper-middle-class white girls, uh, who absolutely and totally are studying all this stuff in college and who must be just must be just a thrill to have Thanksgiving next to them, they're, they mean they're trying to be so nice about it. You know, they know that it kind of goes against everything that they learned from their parents and their grandparents, then everything that they, they may have been turched, uh, uh, taught in a, a church, which of course is another patriarchal uh, uh, hate organization, depending, probably. And and so they try to be nice about it, you know? Oh, no, you can't go in. I mean, it, this is just for, I mean, there's a blackout now. It's, it's absolutely not segregated. No, 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 no. It's nothing as dark as what used to happen when we used to segregate people at water fountains and bathrooms and everywhere else no, even though it's exactly like that i'm saying it in a nicer way so you know just work with it. i mean you can you're you're invited i'm letting allowing you to come right into the perimeter which is a uh, hundred yards outside if you'd like you're welcome to come into out there 
Oh, man, what a tough situation to wedge yourself into that. Which is another reason why I say this. Don't send your kid to college. Do not send your kid to college unless they're going to be in STEM or some kind of thing where the engineering, uh, medicine, where they are in it to uh, learn intricate sciences or something like that. Other than that, there's no reason. No reason at all. I would be, if that was my daughter, first of all, if that was my daughter, that would be the end of the college payment. And I would just send her a text saying that I think you've got about a week and a half to get out of your apartment uh, because uh, I'm not paying for anything more. Your school is over. You might want to look into something called the Reserve Officers Training Corps um, or uh, something like that. Or you might might look into getting a job. I've always said, you give me some kid who spent four years in Market Basket, I will take that over some kid who spent four years at Brown University or Boston University and whatever, you know, in in an essentially useless major that uh, that allows them to feel like they're cleansed of their guilt they feel because they grew up in Concord, Massachusetts, and, uh, and people around the world don't have it as good as they have it. But there you go. So what's happening in Chaz? Andy No, you know him. He's been following Antifa forever. Andy No joined on, jumped in on Fox News to give a little background on what he's seeing there. I saw an experiment in anarchy and chaos, and in the absence of of, of any authority, those who naturally that's good for the brochure, by the way. An experiment in anarchy and chaos. Join us. Cut this coupon out for those to the top were those who are able to do it through brute force. So as been reported in the past two weeks, there were marauding militias, essentially, and um, gangs of people who were armed with semi-automatic rifles <laughs> going around, patrolling in a way that was very intimidating and monitoring those who came in and out through their sophisticated communication systems, which involved walkie-talkies. And I think uh, what was most disturbing to me and which hasn't been discussed much is some of the literature that they gave out, which included instructions on how to encrypt your communications so that security apparatus can't monitor you and instructions on how to make bombs and how to kill law enforcement using homemade weapons. Welcome to Chaz Holiday Inn. We have you booked for a double-double non-smoking superior room. Here's your room keys. You need one or two keys. Okay, here's two keys. Here, take this. Here's Wear Magazine Chaz. It does include a special issue on making uh, weapons to kill police officers if you do need that. We do ask you to steer clear of uh, roaming marauders. Uh, they tend to uh, rape and murder. Uh, checkout is at 3 p.m. Uh, Bellman, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it is not a. It's not a great situation happening over there. And why are we? I mean, the Occupy stuff was bad enough. We saw what happened when when people who have never produced anything in their lives are put in a position where they're supposed to be producing something or maintaining a civilization, or a society. They don't know how to do it, and so when you don't know how to do anything. Their faith in the system breaks, and then the entire little society starts to break down, and faith in the society breaks down. So when that happens, and the incompet incompetence of the society as a result is on in broad display, well, the only thing to do, unless you're going to, you know, do away with your society and unsecede and rejoin the United States, the only thing to do is to seize all the phones. Make sure the press is not allowed access to see the horrific things happening in your autonomous zone and push around people who might tell your story. So the press is absolutely free in Chaz until it's not. And if you're out there filming the realities of this utopian Marvel, you may have a problem. So what Doug was doing was uh, filming uh, some of the chaos happening in Chaz. And the secret police have taken umbrage. Yes, the phone, man. What the are you doing, dog? I was, I'm with these guys, man. Whoa, whoa, no. You get back. Okay. You get back. Yeah, it, Jeremy, the uh, third-year Berkeley uh, gender studies student is now throwing around orders uh, like a field journal. You get back. You get back. Delete that shit. You get back. Delete that shit. Sorry. Is that your personal property? Yeah. 
No, it ain't yours. You said you was with them. Is he with you? Is he with you? Filming for the chop. He's James. He's with James Madison. It's interesting. This uh, this project does not allow for uh, allow for a possession to be something that is written in the bylaws as a constitutional right. So, what's yours is also the secret police's. If they have concerns about you, you can drop James Madison's name all day, but that phone is not yours. In the chop, everything belongs to the central planners. You ain't getting your phone back, and you're not getting your mother phone back. You can name drop James Madison all day long. This thing's staying with me. Until I know you with James. I don't give a fuck. I do not care. Sir, you have blood on your on your, on your forehead. Are you okay? I'm good. Are you, sir, are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> uh, sir, just an aside, um, you're hemorrhaging uh, blood by the pint. Uh, uh, I'm okay. No, that's just a Thursday night in the chop. All right, give me your bleeping phone. <clears throat> Man, name drop James Madison. I'm getting the phone back. It doesn't matter how much I'm bleeding. All right, here's another... Um, bit of sound. This is a guy who's one of the uh, Chaz Network news stations is uh, going in to see what all the hubbub is about. There was a little activity the other night. You're just going to check it out and see what's up. Walked up line in 13th. Um, yeah, I can walk up there. I do see I do see some um... Oh, shit. Oh, Back to you, Bill. Sorry for that. Another swear. God, I miss that one. You know what they need? In Adobe Edition, they need a uh, command keys to um, to overwrite swears. That's a plea. I'm sorry. There's a child screaming behind me. <clears throat> That's a plea to anybody out there listening who knows how to do this stuff. All right. Another reporter from inside Chaz, WCHAZ. As a hard-hitting um, profile piece on on um, the effect of liquor on the community, and he feels that uh, there needs to be t- some temperance happening because it's affecting the normal uh, peaceful tranquility of Chaz has now been interrupted. And in this uh, reporter's opinion, uh, by the booze industry. That's better. I'm keeping covered up. It's getting. Too much liquor in the system right now, I think. They partied way too hard. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And now emotions are running high. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, there's people scattering. Why, now. I wonder? I don't know what's going on. What could it be? What's happening? This guy. Hey, here's- <laughs> This guy jumps into his Volvo and is out of the area rapidly. Too much liquor. Okay. So I, I, I'm not... By the way, there's a fatality, at least one in Chaz, and I am not, it, I'm not it, you know, laughing over a dead person. I'm laughing over these... Uh, although it's not on me, man. I didn't start Chaz. You know, I'm, I'm laughing at the idiocy of these folks to pretend that they could create a civilization by stealing from the municipality and people who are really just trying to make a living and then LARPing and now you've got gunfire and this is their new way of life. And it's terrible. But uh, there it is. So now the warlord, who's uh, Raz Simone, I think, after one of these guys gets shot, Raz sees that on the outskirts of Chaz there are rescue vehicles waiting on orders to see if they can go in there to help one of the guys who's been shot. But the warlord, Raz... Is very upset. I think this is it's Raz's video anyway. If it's not him, then it's somebody else in security in there. Warlord wants to know why they're not going inside Chaz. Chaz needs help now. You guys could be saving this man's life right now, but instead of doing that, you're gonna wait here. You guys are that afraid? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way they're that afraid. To not save this man's life. There's no way. There's no way this could be happening. Are you guys kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is what you guys are doing. You could be saving this man's life right now. This could be 
this is what we're doing? You guys could be saving his life. You could be saving his life. You could be saving his life right now. We've not gotten cleared to do it. You could be I, saving I his life. Over there right Sir, now. please explain to me what's going on. Can He's dying. He needs your help. This is your job. Is this in your heart to do this? I want to make sure that we have not been cleared to move into this. You are clear. We're giving you the clear. We will make sure you're clear. We will make sure you're clear. Okay, we have a number of citizens. This is in your hearts. If he dies, it's on you guys. You could have saved his life. It's not on those guys, Raz, uh, Warlord. I'm sorry about that, man. It's too bad anybody had to die for this stupid experiment, but it's not his fault. It's the fault of these Antifa people. It's the fault of these uh, you know, idiot anarchists who decided to set up a fake place. This has nothing to do with, the, with George Floyd. This has to do with creating year zero, start uh, reckoning on everything and starting a new society outside of the American society that's so culpable of so much evil. evil. So it, it's not these cops' fault. It's not safe for cops anymore. You've made it known. You've chased the cops out in these rescue workers, how can the city let them in? I think, as a matter of fact, that they were told that they might have gotten some heat from inside saying, stay the hell out anyway. You wanted these guys out. You scared them out, okay? You have your autonomous or semi-autonomous or whatever it is zone. You've got people with weapons. You have supposedly medics inside. You call them medics. We had them in Boston with the Antifa people, people calling themselves medics, you know, and the, the reporter said, well, what outfit, what agent you with? He said, well, we can't tell. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, there's only going to be more of this. There's only going to be more of this until elected leaders and their blood is on their hands for that man's death in there. That is on the governor, uh, who's, uh, Inslee, I think, and the mayor, I forgot her name, but she's an idiot. And, uh, civic leaders who were, um, city le uh, elected leaders who, allowed this to happen this is what happens and in the, i'm sorry we were talking about this back with occupy 10 years ago when there was a spate of rapes at the occupy protests but since municipal leaders largely agreed with a lot of the occupiers were saying certainly our mayor here in boston tom Anino, said you know i largely agree with a lot of other things Th then they paid no real heed to that you didn't hear much about the, most of the media didn't want to pick it up because occupy you know it was the bernie movement really or i guess the liz warren movement it was uh, income inequality uh, 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 protest, and so they wanted to give it as much credibility as possible. So this is what happens. This stinks. It sucks, especially if you're a 21-year-old kid. You're clueless, don't know anything about um, life, really, and you end up getting hurt or killed because there's real crime happening now. You heard uh, Andy No talk about it. But, uh, you know... Uh, there'll be more reports, and we'll talk about it tomorrow and all that stuff. All right, so Trump is in Tulsa over the weekend, and he either, he either did or did not get punked by the TikTok people because his his rally was not uh, his was not as full as it usually is. I think there was like five or six thousand people in the arena, and maybe there could have been thirteen thousand. But there were there were a bunch of empty seats. There's no doubt about that. He um, played the usual hits. We begin our campaign, and I just want to thank all of you. You are warriors. I've been watching. I've been watching the fake news for weeks now, and everything is negative. Don't go. Don't come. Don't do anything today. It was like I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. You are warriors. Thank you. We had some very bad people outside. We had some very bad people outside. They were doing bad things. But I really do. I appreciate it. We have uh, just a tremendous group of people in Oklahoma. There you go. So whatever the reason for the turnout, maybe it was coronavirus, maybe a lot of maybe the Oklahomans fell out of love with Trump. Maybe it's a TikTok thing. Whatever it is, obviously the press was thrilled with it. Brian Stelter was doing all the little happy dance at CNN. And whatever. I think that it is a mistake for Democrats to make crowd size a referendum on how well a campaign is doing. Because I think that the Trump nation, the Trumpers out there, will bounce back and flood these stadiums and flood these areas in the future. And they're going to win the crowd game. Trump gives a great concert. You just heard one of the hits he played every time. He goes after the media. He goes back for some of the... 
some of the uh, his old favorites. And, um, you know, it, if you've not been to a, a Trump rally, it's a fun event. They're fun events. You know, like I've covered a couple of them in uh, New Hampshire. And it, there are families, and it's, um, it's a happy event. There's people of all colors there and all whatever, and it's just a good time. It's, it's with the exception of uh, the Red Hats, it's kind of like a, um, a Buffett concert in the sense that everybody's got this shared feeling of camaraderie and uh, uplift, uplifting positivity. It's not what you'd think. It's not what you think. If you hate Trump and think he's a Nazi, then you're, you see all these people and you think, oh, these are all, you know, MAGA people by night and Klansmen by day and they're all terrible, but it's not. It's these, these are fun people. It's, it's a fun time. The, the, the whole, the whole thing is just a, it's not at all what you see. You should just check it out sometime. If you, even if you hate them, just to see that, to assuage some of your anxiety about your fellow Americans. But I will say that Donald Trump is in a slump. He needs to start producing, start hitting, doing something. This has been a bad six months for Trump. The best thing that's happened to him was him being impeached and his reaction to it. But in, 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 this guy has not... It reminds me of, if anybody remembers the Red Sox old catcher, Rich Gedman. Gedman used to sometimes just either get caught looking on a strike three or have this lazy-ass one-arm swing on strike three, and it was terrible to watch. And that's what it looks like Trump is doing right now. He is not. He is missing every single advantage that he could have. This, with the civil unrest, the the history of the United States being, you know, snuffed out. Uh, this uh, idea that that the public property can be destroyed, violence on innocent people happening wide scale. A bunch of police have been shot and some killed. Between that and the coronavirus and the fact that, that governors, even though in some places it's spiking still, but there are some places where the governors are overreaching in areas where they don't need to be and underreaching in areas where they should have been overreaching, like in uh, hospice care, etc., where in Massachusetts and New York, these uh, nursing homes have been decimated by this. This, is, this has been terrible. The president has does not have the natural voice that can bring the com- country together or that can properly uh, you know, feel the temperature of the country and uh, have the words uh, you know, top of mind to express sympathy and a human kindness um, and instill confidence in these two events. With his doctor stuff, uh, with Fauci and the the other doctor, him trying to ruminate out loud about different drugs and treatments and this and that, and and he's badly articulate when it comes to this stuff. And in those cases, with the medical stuff in the COVID briefings, you need somebody to be articulate. People hang on every word on some of those things. And he's just kind of skywriting up there out loud, well, we can do this, that. No, no, no. That's not his strong suit. That he should not have been part of that. That was not good. Fauci was also not good, but you know, you, that's as good as you're going to get. Okay, I'm not saying any other president would have handled this well. This is unlike anything we have seen in modern times. For the George Floyd thing, the president did say the right thing shortly after George Floyd was murdered, and uh, did say it in the Rose Garden. Most of the media just walked past it and say they still say he hasn't said anything, but he really did have a, a, a nice speech about it. <clears throat> <clears throat> but it's all undermined by his uh, petty tweeting about John Bolton, about Joe Scarborough, about whatever it is that completely undermines the the ability for him to appear to be concentrated on the situation at hand. In fact, it gives the appearance that he's disinterested in the situation at hand, and it's these small things that he would rather talk about, the crowd size and Bolton being a jerk and this and that. And that's fine, and I, I think there was a great reason for tw- for Twitter, for Trump to begin with. And, uh, you know, it, to begin with, it was him and Hope, Hope Hicks and Corey Lewandowski and maybe Parscale, and there was really just six people. So he needed that Twitter as well to disseminate information, get into news cycles. 
now this he's got the apparatus. He's got Kaylee McEnany and and she's doing a good job. He, there's a communications office there. Let them craft something brilliant and do the job. Suburban housewives are running from this president right now, and that will be finito for this administration, <clears throat> unless he can pull a rabbit out of his hat. I don't know if he can. I don't know. I mean, and it, it, it's interesting because it, it's there's so many opportunities opportunities that he has because his opponent his opponent is not really whole at the moment. His opponent is the idea of Joe Biden. And that Joe Biden has empathy and is generally a good man and has is is been a pillar of comfort for many people in D.C. and around. And Megan McCain will tell you, night and day, what a nice guy Joe Biden is. And, and you do hear good things about Joe Biden, but he's not up to snuff. I, I'm not, I'm not going to diagnose him, but he's having problems. And what we saw when he was on the trail up to a couple of months ago, when he'd tail off and... Anytime somebody would ask a pointed question, he, he took it as being somebody being hostile to him. And at times, Biden was offering to physically fight. His last big, high-profile uh, interview with a black man uh, resulted in Biden verbally attacking him and telling him, essentially, and anybody else who doesn't, who dared to have more questions about Joe Biden's uh, stance on race that you ain't black. Now, that is not something that you should be saying as a politician to somebody. And if you're going to say that, to say it on the air to a black man, especially now, is unwise. And there's all sorts of video on Biden getting handsy with people. Obviously, that's that stuff's been everywhere. He said a bunch of racially unacceptable things about Indian Americans and Somalis and, you know... Biden just said it all. Um, if if somebody can catch 60, 600 dog whistles from Donald Trump just by like what he has for lunch, well, Joe Biden's actually said the stuff that's very problematic. So this is not a great candidate. And so Trump is essentially just, we're just waiting to see who he's, who the VP pick is, because that's really the candidate. But the Democrats are smart now. They're seeing this, Trump keeps stepping in it. They've got Biden hit, hidden in the cellar. And why bring him out? Why? Just use this COVID stuff as long as you can because he's doing well in the polls by not being out there. The actual Joe Biden, the idea of Joe Biden is doing very well. The actual Joe Biden will not do as well. And especially if he's got a, if if his VP pick is somebody who's problematic. And I mean, if it's Kamala Harris, who probably at this point it will be. She's got her own problems. She's got her own criminal justice past, which is not great. And when she was on with Charlemagne the God, who Biden told wasn't black, she was laughing about smoking marijuana with Charlemagne because she tries to blend in at the moment because she's not a great politician. So she tries to win whatever room she's in. But the question to be raised then, and Tulsi Gabbard did this and really just blew up Kamala's campaign, was it why is it okay for you to have smoked some marijuana and listen to listen to Bob Marley and all that stuff? But you put people to the jail, especially black minorities, uh, black minorities, especially black uh, men in jail for doing the same thing. And this is not the time to put that on the table for public consumption as something that's going to be considered a positive. This is not the time. So it, this should be. The challenger to Joe Biden should be running over him right now. This should be a no-brainer. But Trump, and I voted for Trump uh, last time, Trump is screwing this thing up royally. Royally. They need to stop the dumb tweeting. I mean, the, what what he could do, somebody who's a human being, who knows how human beings and suburban housewives think should probably write a speech or a series of speeches or cook up some video showing Trump acting like a human. This isn't unique to Trump. Romney also had this thing where he seemed uh, robotic and almost callously, coldly technocratic. And yes, we have binders full of women. Of course, the media was against him as well. I mean, they were piling on. But, but you never found out what a good guy Romney was until after the election. Until after that big documentary came out, 
And when they had, that showed Romney as being a warm-hearted guy with a sense of humor and, and a real human being. And there was a video of him that was really an emotionally beautiful video of, uh, that told the story of how Mitt Romney cared for the sick and dying people that he knew. And it was really beautiful. And they hid it during the convention to some, to, you know, no man's land time slot. But Romney needed that because the Democrats did a great job of turning him into just a cold-hearted, big-business vulture. Well, the Trump folks should be looking at saying, it's time to make DJT human, guys. You hear stories all the time. I know people have met him. I've talked to him a couple of times, but it's just been it's been interviewed. So it's very, you know, he's, he's like a PR guy. He's very much like Donald Trump when you talk to him. But you hear other people talk about how he warm he is and gracious and at Mar-a-Lago how he t- checks on people and he's a big backslapper. And you've got to think for a guy who's being a builder and been in the hospitality industry and builds golf courses, you want you want public acceptance. You want the public to be uh, happy with your product. You want the experience around you. It it also it uh, it reinforces the brand that it's the best of the best. You're enjoying it. At, uh, you're enjoying one of the great experiences of your life at Trump Mar-a-Lago, at the Trump Golf Courses. It's top of the line. How you doing? I hope you're having a time, uh, the time of your life, something you'll remember forever. So Trump's got that in him somewhere. But somebody needs to pull it out of him and put it on display. I know that he probably considers it a sign of weakness to do anything, but be all alpha and all, uh, all um, uh, fire and brimstone. But and that'll that'll retain most of his original voters, but he's got to grow those numbers now. He's got to grow. First of all, he's got to get some support back, and he's got to grow his numbers. In his the next six months, it's not even six months, is it? Is it four months? Are we June, July, August, September? It's four months. His next four months should be spent out of Washington D.C. Just get out of Washington D.C. It should be spent at businesses. In at business, he should talk about three things. One, business, business, business. Two, improving the lives of all Americans, including black Americans, who just until recently were enjoying uh, the best unemployment numbers, best employment numbers that they've seen since they started counting in the, in the 70s. And uh, he should talk about uh, human connections and in his life how those human connections have influenced his thinking and what he wants to do going forward based on human interactions, based on um, being a part of humanity, seeing suffering, seeing happiness. You know, he's got all that stuff in his past as well. And he should, he could, he could really just be the same, some, sorry, stump speech every day. The same one. Have him go out and do it. And it should seem positive. And jobs, 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 jobs equals opportunities for everybody, for men, for women, for black, for white, etc., he should be at these businesses, pumping up businesses, promoting businesses, promising more deregulation. He's already done a great job with that stuff. Uh, promising that uh, he'll have judges that uh, uphold uh, the the moral pillars that the country was built on, including justice for all. And I understand that the country was built on a lot of the stuff and there wasn't justice for all. But you know what I'm saying. But we'll see if he does it. Can he do it? I've never. I've. I talked to conservatives and Republicans, most of whom do not like Donald Trump, and they. We all say the same thing. You know what he needs to say. Can anybody get him to say it? And we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It should be easy for him right now. People are going to look around. They're looking for an alternative. They're seeing this stuff. They're seeing in Chaz that the Marauders are shooting each other, and. They're saying, wait a second, this entire party over here, this is the party that wants this. They want more of this. They want to tear down statues of Stevie Ray Vaughan for some reason. And they're saying, I don't want to be part of whether that party is. Who's over here in the right? And there's Donald Trump who's accusing Scarborough of killing his intern. And they're saying, holy God, I, that's vile. I can't vote for that. What do I do? So make it all right for them. Give them a reason. How do I get you in this car? Give them a reason, Trump campaign, if you want to win this thing. If not, you know, whoever Biden's running mate will win this thing. I will see you tomorrow.
better. I'm even covered up. It's getting too much liquor in the system right now, I think. They partied way too hard. It's like two o'clock in the morning. And now emotions are running high. I mean, oh, there's people scattering now. I don't know what's going on. What's happening? Oof. Dude, there's gun. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.